Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. Today we're going to hear from my dear friend Kim Spencer. She's a Jewish believer in Yeshua, and she has some very encouraging words for us today. I think you're really going to enjoy this. And of course, some wonderful music all about the holiday of Purim. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship. And while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shemayas Royale in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. And that was the wonderful voice of Jonathan Sattel. So let's talk a little bit about the holiday of Purim. Now, some of you are familiar with that. Some of you aren't. I will say to you that Purim is plural for poor. Poor means a dice, a die. Like when you have a pair of dice, a single die is poor. And a pair of dice would be Purim. And why is this important? Well, there was a bad man named Haman. That's where you go, boo, and stomp your feet. And he wanted to rid the land of the Jewish people. And when Haman, boo, rolled the dice or the Purim, it came on the 13th day of the Hebrew month Adar. And he had determined that that was the day that the Jewish people were going to be executed. And the beautiful Queen Esther saved the day. So you really need to read the book of Esther to get the whole story. But her cousin, or some say uncle, Mordecai, told her at one point, who knows that you have been chosen for such a time as this? Well, Esther did, in fact, save the Jewish people from destruction. Haman, boo! 
and his family were hanged on the very gallows that he had built for the Jewish people. So I am going to play a few songs now about Purim. Here is Liberated Willingwall with such a time as this. Because he was the favorite of their father, his brothers wanted Joseph in the grave. They devised a plan and a passing caravan took Joseph down to Egypt as a slave. But the God of Abram was with Joseph. From prison he was lifted high above. When the famine came, his brothers learned his name, and Joseph spoke to them with words of love. For such a time as this, I lived through suffering. For such a time as this, I went through pain. Now God has raised me up and shown me his grace and Competing for the throne Her beauty and her grace Gained her the favorite place And Ahasuerus loved her as his own Yet there was a foe within the palace His plot to kill the Jews was undeterred But Mordechai had learned That Haman's anger burned And sent a note to Esther with these words Again, that was Liberated Wailing Wall. And this is Ethel Chadwick. You're listening to Bagels and Blessings. So I have a question for you. Have you ever done anything that was really scary? Well, imagine this. Esther hadn't seen the king in about a month. And she knew that you can't just approach him. He... free to approach. But if he doesn't, 
you can be killed. Well, Esther knew she had to warn the king about Haman. Boo! And she came to him unannounced. She took a big chance. She could have been killed. But you know what happened? The king held out his scepter to her. And the rest is history. Here's a song I always like to play at this time of year. This is Elena Watson, Touch Me With Your Scepter. Stay tuned for my interview with Kim Spencer. Again, that was Elena Watson, and I want to give you a little history lesson. Merv and Merla Watson are known as pioneers in the Messianic movement. They were some of the first people to write music 
You might be familiar with the song, Awake, O Israel, Put Off Your Slumber, For the Truth Has Set You Free. That was written by Merv and Merla Watson, and Elena is their daughter. Very beautiful, beautiful song. Well, here's a word from one of my sponsors, Excellent Air Heating and Cooling. I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent air, heating and cooling. 585-889-7840. Right now, here's Michelle Gold. Esther's Prayer. Don't you try? 
That was a beautiful song from Michelle Gold. This is Ethel Chadwick. Thank you so much for listening to Bangles and Blessings. I think we have time for another song. Many, many years ago, our youth group put on a wonderful Purim play, and my daughter got to play the part of Esther. And there was a scene in the play where she is praying about whether or not to go visit the king and there are angels swarming around her ministering to her as she's praying and this was the song that they were playing during that scene it's called Shimcha Kadosh O Holy One from Barry and Bias Eagle
Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning Mornings at 10 a.m., 2.50, Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. This is Ted Pierce coming from Texas. Don't change that dial. You are listening to my fabulous friend Ethel Chadwick on Bagels and Blessings. Tune in every week for the best in radio. Thank you. And now it's time for my interview with Kim Spencer. I hope it blesses you. Kim Spencer, welcome back to Bagels and Blessings. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Ethel. Wow. I don't think you've been on this program probably since sometime in the 90s. It's been a very long time, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Very long time. And, you know, I can make your original interview available to people. I know you were raised in a Jewish home. You, like me, you're a Jewish believer in Messiah, Yeshua. And I know the Lord has revealed himself to you in so many ways, so many times. And so I just want to ask you, how do you know that God is real and that he really loves you? You know, Ethel, I probably had a lot of scriptures to verify that years ago. But today, I know he's real because the written word became alive in my life. 
and I began to experience the living God um, as if he was standing here talking to me. And all the scriptures back it up, but he really is alive to me today. Well, I know there's people listening to the program that never had an experience of any kind like that. Can you elaborate a little bit about the ways in which he has revealed himself to you? I will. I, I'll just back up a little bit. I've known the Lord over 30 years, and I knew the word backwards and forward. I knew the scriptures. I knew the verse. You said a verse. I said the number. But I didn't really know him intimately. And uh, the way I began to experience him was in my darkest time. And it was when he began to bring me out, excuse me, I began to hear the voice of God. Now people always ask me, how do you hear the voice? You know, a thought can come to your mind and inner word can come within your heart or within your emotions. He could speak to us through dreams. He can speak to us through visions. Just like he did excuse me, all throughout the Tanakh, all throughout the people of God. He spoke to them, sometimes through an angel, but he spoke to them. But the experience is when you begin to experience a father that really, really loves you. You Like when you have this love for somebody, when you first fall in love, there's those gamut of emotions that go through you. But those gamuts of emotions is what I experience on a regular basis. And that's something different than just the written word. It's when the written word becomes alive, as if he's standing there talking to you. Mm. Well, you know, Kim, somebody listening to this program is going to ask, all right, I want that too. How can I, how can I experience what you've experienced? What would you say to them? You know, I think the thrust of this whole uh, interview would be learning to hand your emotions over to God and waiting for his response. Ooh, I like that. I looked up, I looked up the word pray and I looked up the word prayer. I did a study on it in the Greek and pray means, believe it or not, wish. But prayer means to exchange our wishes for God's wishes. And sometimes our wishes are God's wishes. But if all we do is pray and we don't wait for his response, there's no relationship. That's where intimacy will always begin, is learning to hear his voice. And so a thought can come to your mind. You know, I tell people, learning to hear God's voice, I would just sit and wait. But I, this may sound kind of cruel, but funny, but, you know, don't try so hard like you're constipated to hear his voice. <laughs> After 10 minutes that you're you know, trying to hear his voice, you know, get up, go about your day. But bring your request before him. Maybe it might be one at a time, and all of a sudden a thought will come to your mind, a song will come to your mind, a scripture will come to your mind. Someone might call you and go, oh, that's just what I needed. Or you might hear a teaching and go, that spoke to me. You know, I, I love that scripture that says faith comes by hearing, hearing the voice of God. So we're entitled to hear his voice. And the word faith is really a revelation. All of a sudden it clicks. All of a sudden, oh, it spoke right to your heart or right to your mind or right to your emotions. That's how God speaks to us. Mm. You know, this is personal for you, isn't it? You know, it's personal for everyone, actually. It's where intimacy comes for every single human. I, I'm not afraid of my emotions anymore, whether it's hurt or anger, because I trust him now with it. Do you want to share a time when you really needed him the most and he came through for you? Yes. Yeah, I went through two periods of dark time. It was years ago when I first met you and he brought me out. But he brought me out temporarily. When I said temporarily, there were things that were lying dormant in me that I didn't know. I mean, the gifts and callings that he gives all of us are irrevocable. They're irreversible. He can still use us. He doesn't wait till we're perfect. But what I didn't know was there is a longing in my heart to be loved unconditionally. And what I didn't realize is I tried so hard to do everything right because I really wanted to be loved by a father. And I really wanted to be loved by many people. Now, there's nothing wrong with longing to be loved by others. That's why he's given us each other. 
But when the love from somebody else becomes greater than the love from the Father, that becomes, um, that becomes what, what's the word? Uh, almost semantic in a sense that you can commune with the devil because that means your desire to be accepted by somebody else is greater than the desire to be accepted by God. And so the second time that I went through a dark time, it was five years to the point that I literally lost my mind. I became like a vegetable. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. I couldn't think. I couldn't make decisions. Why? And I fell into so... Well, what happened was there was so much fear that was inside of me that I didn't even realize that was that was there. And... Um, because we're unaware of where fear and anxiety stem from. You know, when you can bind and you can loosen, you can cast out fear, whatever it is, according to the word. But if there's a root, it has to be pulled out. And so I did go to counselors, but at that time I couldn't receive anything that they were saying because if they told me to write down my emotions, I couldn't do it. And so the root was total acceptance by a father that loves me in my weakness, in my failures, and in my imperfections, or be accepted by others in my performance. But I didn't know that until the Holy Spirit, who is the best counselor, began to bring up things in the past that caused my fear, that caused my desire to be loved by another person. This is really important, Kim. I can't tell you how many people I encounter on a daily basis who are just gripped by fear. So if if you have insight and wisdom from the Lord to share how God helped you get rid of that fear, then just keep talking because this is important. I do, Ethel. I actually wrote a Bible study. When I say I, I say, um, and I'll say this in a joking way, when God began to heal me, and I'll share that too, when God began to heal me, uh, after five years of torment and anxiety, could he delivered me at any time? Yeah, he could have. People said, well, God wouldn't let you go through that five years of anxiety and fear and depression. Well, I don't know, because if you look at what happened to Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, he sent him out to become like a wild animal, you know, eating grass. And But when he came back, he knew God and that there was no other. And so God allowed that period, I believe God allowed it, so that I knew the depth, width, and height, and the love of the Father. And so we wrote a, um, we wrote a, um, I, I, we, when I say the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, wrote a Bible study called, I Don't Fight Like a Woman, I Fight Like the Bride of Christ. Ooh, I because love it. when you know you're loved by God, not because of what you do, but you're loved and your imperfections, when you know that you are really, really loved, and you experience that love on a regular basis, you take that what belongs to you. And I don't fight like a woman, but I fight like the bride of Christ. is isn't just about warfare. I have a visual, the uneven exchange at the cross, and then I have how to hand your emotions over to the Father. Expect a result. Mm. Does it make a difference if you're a person that didn't receive love from your earthly father? Actually, it, it, that's where he begins to heal you. He said, Let me just give you a short thing that happened. So from 2011 to 2016 is when I literally, literally became like a vegetable. My family didn't know what to do. My, I thought I had a husband that loved me and persevered. Um, and he kept praying for me, but he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to do anymore. He kept loving me, trying to comfort me, trying to console me. But it became to the point where his love and his comfort and his affirmation could no longer bring peace to my, to my emotions. It's not that he wasn't good enough. He's an amazing husband. I have above and beyond. But God had to remove everybody so that he would be my full satisfaction. And I'll tell you how he did that. From 2011 to 2016, like I said, I became like a vegetable. I couldn't think, I couldn't 
come clean. I forgot how to cook. I had to look on the internet. I would panic going grocery shopping because I didn't know what ingredients went where. I literally lost my mind in the sense that I, I, I couldn't concentrate. And I began to watch TV because I didn't want to think anymore. The word, the written word, in a sense, was working. Now, I'm not saying that it couldn't, but there were some issues in me that happened from early on from childhood, from not having a healthy father, to entering into relationships and not knowing how to address them. You know, we're, we're not meant to just love, bless those, do good, act noble to those who, who handily misuse us. God will let us know how to do that. But sometimes we have to talk to people when they cross the boundaries, when they hurt us. Yes. And it it doesn't mean that we do it perfectly. It's learning to hear his voice. The ultimate of addressing someone or confrontation is really to bring restoration. And sometimes it doesn't happen. But you just continue to trust the Lord and pray for them. And so from 2011, 2016, I began to watch TV that I began addicted to TV. And I became like Mary Magdalene with so many addictions, I didn't know how to stop. I was really in a really bad case. People would have called OCD. You know, they would have called me, um, you know, I was psychic or whatever. Not psychic, but... um, Psychotic. You know, there was something wrong. Yeah, psychotic, that's the word. And, and I realized that I knew, and even though I went to counselors, and again, because if they told me to, you know, meditate in the scripture, I couldn't do it. My mind was like a sieve. Everything went through it. But I, I realized that I knew that the root was Jesus. But inside, there was this, all my life, this striving, you know, trying to do everything right. When it came to the Lord, I wanted to do everything right. I wanted to teach on warfare. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And, and the gifts were there. My gift to move, I'm not a prophet, but I move in the prophetic. My gift to to um, teach was there, <clears throat> excuse me. But inside was this fear and anxiety. What if I make a mistake? <clears throat> and so in 2000, in March of 2016, I had to have major surgery. And because of the complications, in June, I had two more. In August of 2016, as I began to love me, when I experienced his presence, I would go to the grocery store to buy something. Instead of panic, he would overwhelm me with his peace. Instead of, I would, I would eat things that I hated because I hated me. And in a sense, I hated God because if you're God and you're good, where are you? But he knew that. He knew that at all. And so when I began to go grocery shopping, his peace would be there. And then when I would come home and I would eat something I hated, there would be like a check inside of me. But when I ate something that I enjoyed, there would be a peace. Why do you think it took... little by little... I'm sorry to interrupt. Why do you think it took five years for you to feel his peace? You know, Ethel, I used to feel his presence. And I hear people say all the time... I remember when I used to be really close to the Lord. I used to feel his presence. I used to feel his peace. And I did too from time to time. But sometimes, I'm not saying that he taught me a lesson, but what he did was show me what I'm like without him. You know, people miss this one scripture on Psalm 73. I love it. It says, whom have I in heaven but me? That old song? Yeah. But the verse before it says, I was a beast before you. Nevertheless, you are continuing with me. Ah. You see, he was the beauty, and he had to show me what a beast I was without him. Wow. Now, here, as I want you to hear something, not in a condescending or a condemnation way. You know, my pastor, Zach Rexer, wrote a book called Scandalous Love. And in chapter five of the books, he talks about of the book. He talks about the woman of the well, and he talks about her. That when he spoke to her, it wasn't condemnation that yep, you've had five husbands, and the man that you're now living with is not your husband. It was conviction and compassion. Mm. You see, I learned one thing over the years that condemnation will only produce guilt. 
and guilt produces a work-oriented relationship between God and you. Mm. You'll try harder to do the right thing. But conviction, God sent Jesus to be Yeshua to be the lamb that convicts us, not condemns us. He's a lamb when it comes to correction, but a lion when it comes to taking things back that belong to us. You know, I love Psalm 16. It says, pleasant leads me to pleasant places. This is in the Passion. But I'm overwhelmed by the privilege that comes from following you. You've given me the best. And the way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night gives me wisdom and shows me what to do next. Mm. When he corrects us, he's a lamb. Amen. That's what struck me with with what you've been sharing. Um, Different people are healed in different ways. Some people have instant deliverance. He was gently wooing you back, and he showed you, like you said, what you were like without him. But I'm I'm struck with the sense of him being gentle, and he he was wooing you. Ethel, that's the way our Father is. Jesus came to represent the Father. And the Holy Spirit points us back to Jesus. And Jesus will always point us back to a Father that's so emphatically, extravagantly in love with us. It Mm. doesn't mean that I don't hurt. I do. It doesn't mean, you know, I've heard people say, I don't care what anybody says anymore. I'm just there to serve God. It's not that I don't care. You know, I want to share something that's so important because we see Jesus suffering on the cross, but he suffered emotionally. And emotions are neither bad nor good. There's just something that needs to be dealt with. And there are times, for example, when a spirit of fear comes upon you, there are times you declare the word of God and the thought goes from your mind, emotion leaves. And there's times that you bind and loose. But sometimes there's something inside that caused that fear to happen maybe five years ago or 10 minutes ago. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in because he becomes our our counselor, our comforter, our helper, our intercessor, our strengthener. Mm. And so in 1 Peter, I want to share this scripture. It's so important. So it's Jesus felt every emotion that we felt. And it says, even though he suffered, this is in 1 Peter 2, even though he suffered, he did not revile back. He didn't retaliate, but he kept entrusting himself to the Father who judges righteously. That word suffered is not the physical suffered. That word suffered in the Greek means heavy emotional pain in the heart and the mind. He was overwhelmed with rejection. You know, it says he came to his own, his own didn't receive him. It sounds like, oh, well, his own didn't receive him, but other people loved him. When you love and people don't receive you, it still hurts. Oh, sure. And so he said he kept entrusting himself to the Father. I thought, God, I think I know what that means, but I'm going to look it up in the Greek. It means he handed over his emotions for the Father to keep and to guard, Mm. to use, to take care, and to manage. So every person has emotions. We all do. But here's what we have to do with that. We have to go to the one that knows us best. When someone hurts me, Ethel, I never, except if it's really um, abuse, which I have incurred, I, I bring it before my husband. But I never make a phone call. I never run to a friend anymore. I run to him first. And he showed me that if I ran to other people, I would forfeit the right to hear him on a continual basis. And so I've learned to run to him, and I've learned to hear his voice. And when I hear his voice, I began to obey him because here's the beauty of it, I thought. We're not meant to live for his presence. We're meant to live in it on a continual basis. Mm, praise the Lord. And, and, yes, and, and that's where it comes with enemy, intimacy. In John fourteen twenty one, it says, it says, the one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him that will reveal means I'll manifest I'll Mm. make known who I am you begin to experience this peace this love 
from the Father as we obey him. And you know, as the obedience could be practicing, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen. Practicing, but I just blew it, God, with that person. I, I, I was short with them. Okay, let's talk about it. And then he'll say, call them up and apologize. Yeah, but what if they don't receive it? Doesn't matter. I've asked you to do this. And wow. so I learned to hear his voice. And I'm so in love with him that it doesn't matter where I am. I'll tell them it's out of the overflow of being with him on a regular basis that I had to learn to enjoy him doing the dishes or speaking on a pulpit or, or taking care of little children. I had to learn to enjoy him on everyday life. And when that happened, it's an overflow for me to share with him about Jesus. Mm, praise God. You know, as we draw to a close, unfortunately, we're kind of running out of time. Do you now feel that everything that you experienced in that five-year time period was all in preparation so that you could help others overcome their fears? Yes, yes. And, and there are days that I want to bind it up and, and, and I want to just cast it out. But he sometimes brings me women one-on-one, -on -one, or he brings me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm rewriting the, the Bible study. I don't fight like a woman. I fight like the bride of Christ. My heart and my passion is for them to know this loving Father mm. who corrects lovingly, and that, that's my passion. And so that's, that's, I'm rewriting the Bible study to teach it to other women. And it gives me one-on-one, -on -one, and sometimes there's friction between us. But we learn to converse. We've learned to talk things out. Praise God. I'm really intrigued, and I hope that you turn your Bible study into a book. I think it needs to get in the hands of many, many women who struggle the way that you have struggled. Uh, I am so very blessed that you've come on the program today, and I just pray the Lord blesses you and your family and I just appreciate you so much, my dear sister. Thank you so much for being on Bagels and Blessings. I am I'm just privileged to share the great love of the Father that wants us to be free from every single area. By the way, Esther, though I went from Mary Magdalene to Mary of Bethany, I'm free from every addiction, every single one. When Jesus says to you, the sun sets free, it's free indeed. He freed me from every single one. And I'm left with this loving Father that I can still go to when I go through things. Praise God. I'm definitely going to have you on the air again because you're so encouraging and people need to hear what you have to say. All right, my dear. Well, shalom for now until next time. But I love you, my dear sister. I love you, Ethel. Thank you for letting me share the love of the Father. You're welcome. Shalom, dear. Shalom. I hope you were blessed by that encouraging interview with Kim Spencer. And as we close out the program, let us remember that Yeshua is the King of glory and let us worship him and praise him and be filled with peace and joy. Hallelujah. This is Heart Cry of David, King of glory.
Bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. Shalom.